I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Hello, Sarah. Hey, Jen. It is always so fun to talk to you. I'm so excited. It's been like a month longer than we thought it would be between episodes. (laughs) But I have sick, so we're just doing the best we can. I think that's perfect because it is us modeling that, you know, shit happens in business and sometimes you've got to work around it and it's okay to pick yourself back up and carry on. And we promised each other when we came back to this show after our three-year hiatus that it was going to be fun and not stressful and we've actually had a really 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 fun chat before we recorded about some fun things we want to do next year with the show and we really want to try and get as best as we can fortnightly episodes out moving forward but you know be patient with us sometimes life happens we both have businesses to run and children to raise and chronic illnesses to live through (laughs) which we know so many of you listening do as well which is why I think it is like in my head I tell myself it's just added value that we that you know we live with those things and we show how we still manage to keep things going sorry my dog is just like chowing down on biscuits now I've hit record in the background (laughs) so that's what you can hear don't you worry we're probably gonna have some toddler background noise from me soon because August will be up from his nap so shall I read out today's question Mm. okay today's letter writer has asked to stay anonymous they've called themselves insecure distracted and expecting we might need to make up a name for them because that's quite long to call them yeah we're gonna call them we need a unisex non-gendered name um no they've given us their pronouns it's they she her okay i'm gonna call them polly polly's gonna be their name Polly, nice. do you you like polly yeah polly bucket good (laughs) okay polly says Hi ladies, happy to have this podcast back in my feed and love the evolution of wisdom in your answers from the time spent away. Thank you. I'm writing you from probably the lowest point I've encountered in my creative journey. This year has been hard for me. I feel a bit lost in my business and so, so tired. I've been making pottery for over a decade, selling for about six years and working full time as an artist for two. And the struggle just never ends. I feel like I'm pushing a rock up a hill and I keep waiting for the incline to level out so I can coast a little. I keep waiting for that break, for that post or that feature that brings thousands of new people to my page, for the grant to be approved, for the gallery show to happen, for my community to establish. I'm just desperately needing some ease from the grind. I'm so grateful for the growth I've had. I'm grateful to be selling my work after years and years of building that confidence. I'm so grateful for the kind words and support from my customers. I'm also very privileged that I'm partnered with a wonderful supportive husband who has a secure job and salary that we can rely on when sales have been dropping the past year due to inflation and economic anxiety. I'm so lucky, but I'm also starting to really lose confidence in myself. I'm simply running out of stamina. As I see other businesses and accounts pop up around me and grow with such ease, of course I know I'm only seeing the surface of these experiences. I can't help but wonder if I'm just not good enough as an artist or if I'm just too idealist or really am I just complete shit at marketing? My vision isn't what sells quickly and I don't want to stray from my aesthetic. I don't want to play the trending social media games. I'm too tired and those honestly aren't the least bit inspiring to me. I know I need to shift what I'm doing because social media based sales just aren't working for me anymore. Instagram is no longer a place I feel inspired by and want to be spending my time. I just feel so lost and I'm not sure what my next step should be. There is another aspect to this too that I need to throw in and would love to get your advice on. Last year I was diagnosed with ADHD. I started using a light medical dose to help with this condition and it did wonders for my executive function. I felt like for the first time I was really getting my business, finances, schedule, all the little pieces that slipped through the cracks under control. As I'm writing this, I'm newly pregnant and desperately struggling with fatigue. Because I can no longer take medication, it's thrown me for a loop and I feel more disorientated than ever before. I catch myself wasting hours of the day distracted from tasks. I'm trying to study more information on ADHD and develop new strategies for coping. The more I study, the more aha moments I have. I believe my ADHD has been a much bigger barrier in operating a business and managing a social media account than I was aware of. I apologize, this is a lot of different elements and I realize this letter is probably now long enough to be disqualified from being answered. Not true Polly we're doing it but I know Sarah has been open with her ADHD and you both experience chronic conditions that make you experts in running a business with varying levels of energy you seem like the perfect people to ask for guidance in this time how can I write this ship and get back on track while this pregnancy is wrecking havoc on my emotions and energy are there any resources for creatives with ADHD you recommend Sarah I would love to know more about your experiences transitioning into motherhood especially as my transition is coming at a time where I was already struggling with so much self-doubt in my identity as an artist I'm a bit frightened right now to be honest thank you so much for considering this letter 
Oh, Polly, I just want to give you a big hug. Like, there's so much in there that I think is going to be really familiar to people listening. It's going to be familiar to Jen and I. You're not alone in it. And it can feel like you are. Like you say, you look around, you see everybody else seemingly having these moments of glorious success where everything's going really well. It can feel really lonely when you're just grinding away at it on your own. So I am sending you so much love. Where do you want to start with this one, Jen? You know, I feel really grateful to Polly. Also, Polly, while you're listening to this, I'm sorry we've given you a fake name, but it's easier for us to think of you as a real person. Like, I'm so grateful Polly sent in this question because I have no I know for a fact and I think you know this for a fact because we we spend our days supporting other business owners in their business so many people are going to relate to this from different elements whether it's the element of I've just run out of stamina whether it's the element of I'm comparing myself to everyone else whether it's the element of whether it's this due to ADHD or any other reason that makes it hard to feel focused and on track and like you can manage it all or the, with health conditions and then throwing the pregnancy in the midst I think so many people listening to this are going to relate to something you shared with us and so a i'm grateful for your vulnerability for sending this question in and b i just want you to know first and foremost that this isn't like a unique specially messed up situation for you (laughs) like (laughs) you are not like you're not in a dumpster fire all by yourself everyone navigates seasons to some level of this hard at times whether it's things going internally or externally business is so much harder than we talk about because it doesn't look sexy on Instagram to say like all these things that are going on for me and the I just want to normalize that this everyone goes through hard seasons and we're gonna, we can dig into the specifics here but it's okay to have hit this low point so I think Sarah and I have both I you know the word that really stood out to me from your question is like I've run out of stamina yeah and I, it's interesting I've um I mean, having some conversations with clients about this lately, like what do you do when, yeah, the business is technically thriving and yeah, it's fine and, and it's reaching its goals, but you're, you're staring down the track of what needs to keep happening to steer the ship and you're just a bit like, can I be asked? Like, yes. can I actually be asked to keep doing this when for X, Y, and Z reasons, it feels so hard. And it's not that people want to burn their businesses down and run away. It's just that it's harder than I think we talk about. You know, when you hear people in films say like, oh, that's a young person's game. I feel like for the first time in my life recently and looking at things and going, yeah, that's a young person's game, which kind of just means like, yeah, when I was 20, I would have had the energy and the enthusiasm and excitement maybe to start doing that whole TikTok dance thing, whatever. But now I'm just like, oh, I'm a bit too tired. (laughs) And also like once you've been in business, you know, Polly's been in business for six years, working full time for two. Like Polly's not new at this. Like it, it the, the, that, the sales that come in these days don't feel as exciting as those first sales. Yeah, the dopamine's and, wearing off, which when you're ADHD is no small thing because you're already dopamine deprived and you're very dopamine sensitive. So like you're constantly chasing the thing that gives you that, that feeling and that motivation all the time, even more than a neurotypical person. And I think the two things we have to acknowledge here for Polly is there's ADHD in the mix and there's pregnancy in the mix. And now if you're listening to this and you can't relate to those two things, there's still a reason why you can relate to Polly because pretty certain that everyone listening has their own specific circumstances that makes their business journey harder or more complicated for them in a way that the generic advice out there isn't relevant to them so whether you are also a caregiver whether you've got health issues in the mix whether you are neurodivergent whether you are a parent whether you like whatever you if you've got a part-time job like whatever your specific blend of humanness is Mm -hmm. we all have things in the mix that make our journey feel harder in some ways or more specific in some ways and for Polly there's two things here and what's so what makes me feel really sad for Polly is Polly found support with ADHD she found something that was helping and then because of the pregnancy which is you know a beautiful but challenging thing to go through like you said it's thrown you for a loop because you've lost this tool that was supporting you with your ADHD And and that kind of comes through because it was a long letter, Polly, but I think it's a long letter because you have so much story and it's, you know, the story of the ADHD thing because it brings you then to this this situation you're in right now, heavier and more fatigued and everything else because you've kind of bringing the story with it as well. And I, I think sometimes a really useful exercise is just to kind of maybe go through your own letter and underline the bits that are solid facts and then look at how the rest of it is story. And that's not to undermine your experience. That's not to say it's not important. That's not to say it's not 
true and not what you've gone through. But like sometimes when we show up to a situation and we're bringing all of that kind of emotional mental baggage with us, it weighs us down even more and it stops us from kind of having any hope or enthusiasm or kind of fresh ideas about something because we're so in telling ourselves a story of like how we've been fucked over by the universe so far sorry i'm really swearing in today's episode (laughs) if you don't if you knew us in real life like i would say in real life sarah i'm the sweary one more yeah i think you are you're a party (laughs) mouth (laughs) (laughs) you know i really related to this question when reading it i when i was pregnant it for me um I don't say this to scare you, Polly, but for me, adjusting to parenthood in my business was a lot more traumatic than being pregnant. I didn't have the worst pregnancy in the world. I was just, I just was very, had a lot of morning sickness, but I had, you know, a very smooth, very easeful pregnancy. And I also was pregnant during that first stretch of COVID when like, there's nothing else to do in my life apart from just work and lie down on the sofa and relax. And grow babies. (laughs) But the, the thing I want to say to Polly is like I've I really want to normalize like I remember being in that season when I first came back to work and I just thought how the f am I supposed to do this how am I supposed to have no sleep how is my body supposed to be so traumatized from birth and my chronic illness be so triggered and be so everything and manage everything and I think there are seasons and I've been in this season actually this past year I've been having such a challenging health experience my chronic health and at least I'd say at least once a quarter I look to my husband in tears in the evening and I go how am I supposed to do mm. this how am I supposed to be a chronically ill working mother who's the breadwinner for my family how am I supposed to hold all of this it's impossible and my husband's great he and he's going to be laughing because he's also a podcast editor so he's going to be listening to me say this you know he doesn't catastrophize and he sits there and he listens to me and he lets me get to the place where I accept two things. A, I'm already holding it. Like I'm, I might be b- wobbling underneath it, but I'm not crumbling. Like I'm already holding it. I'm already doing it. And number two, sometimes all we actually need to do is say out loud, this thing feels hard. This thing feels impossible. This thing feels unfair. And yet I must find a way to go on. And that doesn't mean don't change anything that can get easier for you. Cause we're going to talk about that in a minute, but I also just want to acknowledge that sometimes we find ourselves in seasons where we're like, how the hell am I supposed to do this? We just don't talk about them publicly. Sarah and I have had many times when we've said oh that to each gosh, other yeah. and to ourselves. And I just want to normalize that not every season in business feels great. Not every season in business feels easeful. Sometimes we are under the rubble of the hardship and we have to start to ask ourselves different questions to get through that. But maybe this isn't the sexy response, but I just want to normalize that sometimes there are seasons when we say to ourselves, how the hell am I supposed to yeah. do this? Because things are genuinely hard. And and I almost feel like there's, a, there's and this might be completely off base, Holly, in which case disregard what I'm about to say, but there's a sense in your letter that like the pregnancy and the ADHD are sort of inconvenient. So you're trying to almost fix them. Like obviously like, just, you know, like get past the pregnancy is the fix for that. Like get to the other side of that and get back on the medication because then you're fixed. And actually like maybe you're not giving yourself enough space and time right now to just allow them and to process them and to to accept that those are factors in your life. Like, yes, obviously we want to medicate you if that's going to be helpful to you once you're post-pregnancy. I'm not saying like just accept that you'll never be able to focus. Definitely not. But you know, like this, a diagnosis is a life-changing thing. And there's a lot of processing and acceptance and kind of grief and all sorts of things that can come with that. And in my experience of myself and also friends who've gone through a diagnosis of ADHD, like that takes time. There's sort of an initial uplift you get from it where you're like, oh my God, it all makes sense now and there's hope. And then even if you don't have to come off the medication, I can only imagine what it's like for you, Polly, but even if you don't, for a lot of people, there's sort of a slump like a a while later, a few months later, where you sort of back in the grind of it and you're like, oh wait, but I still actually have to live with this now for the rest of my life. And, you know, pregnancy can be another one of those things where you're really, really happy that you're having a baby and you're really excited for this next step in your life. But also you're like, oh my God, nine months of this. Are you kidding me? And when you talked about like you sit down to work and you're just distracted, I was thinking, yeah, maybe that's ADHD, but maybe it's also just that like, you need some time to just think and be and let yourself kind of process all these changes that are happening to you physically, right? We want to shove everything physical into a box and be like, we can ignore that because I only need my brain to work, but it doesn't really work that way. The two are very connected. 
Yeah, I what you were sharing there made me think like, you know, the lesson I've learned about running my business and my life within challenging circumstances is that the only way through is to is to work with it. Yeah. Like the only way I've made my business, like if you think about it, I think I've already said this on recent episodes, it's crazy that you and I are as chronically ill as we are and that we are the breadwinners for our family. Hell yeah, we're badass. It's, <laughs> like it's both crazy and it's like, it feels to me like what I call a non-religious miracle because I'm not personally <laughs> religious. So to me, it's a non-religious, like it, but it's like when you think about how we've actually done that, the actual secret to it is we have taken our circumstances and what needs to be true about how, Sarah and I work in very unconventional ways we've broken all the rules and rewritten our own rules because the only way we've been able to do this is two things make it work around our needs so that we can actually thrive within challenging circumstances and lean into our magic and take damn good care of ourselves and I think for anyone listening who relates to that question of like what do I do when I'm running out of stamina we have we can either look at all of our obstacles and think well I just need to remove these obstacles or get over these obstacles or like whatever and but that's not the way through the only way through is to say this is what I'm experiencing what do I need and how do I support myself to function with these along for the journey with me now the Mm. pregnancy is a short term it feels long when you're in it for nine months but it's a short term change but the truth is what's coming on the other side of that is even a bigger transition yeah (laughs) you know for balance I just want to say that all I was a really easy baby um and I started my whole Instagram empire with her asleep on me just scrolling on my phone so I mean it's a very different commitment I have to say posting to Instagram is not running a business or being a ceramic artist but um yeah I think the point is you just don't know what you're gonna get like they come out the way they come out and (laughs) all you can do is respond to that so yeah it's an adjustment either way and you're never the same you're never the same and and there is some magic I think like I'm not a very woo person but I have seen it in so many people's lives that when you become a mother there's this sort of season of creativity there's this sort of strange wellspring of energy that you can find where suddenly like you're capable of things you didn't think you were capable of before maybe it's just self-belief because you've suddenly seen what your body can do and it does seem to start a new chapter for a lot of people and I imagine it's the same however you come to motherhood it doesn't have to be that you've been pregnant so it's not all doom and gloom. I don't want you to think, oh no, like my, and it's going to be even harder now because I've got a baby. Like some things will definitely be harder, but some things might have a whole new energy to them as well, which is exciting. Yeah, nothing's linear. Like you can be in a good, things can be going well and then something challenging comes in then something comes well again. Like if anything's true for any of us, it's that we're going to have ups and downs and we're going to have challenges and we're going to have easeful seasons. And so planning to run a business when it's always easeful is foolish for all of us because we're all going to have challenges. And also, also I had like, my son did not sleep through the night for two years. So I come at this from like a very traumatized baby experience. Whereas I'm like, it's fine. What you just... <laughs> like my son is me he's highly strong with all the feelings whereas like you didn't sound like you dealt with that with oh no Ola has all the feelings but she's like me she likes to sleep so <laughs> <laughs> but it's again it's normalizing like there are ups and downs and it's also I one of the big things I have had to learn during challenging seasons is to be okay with the problems I can't solve yet and what I mean by that is like I don't know for Polly right now if all the questions if everyone's Polly shared not you know the main takeaway questions are first she would love some encouragement Sarah if you've got anything to share about ADHD second is how can you write this ship and get back on track while things are feeling so out of alignment and then is there any resources you recommend around ADHD and then you know how our experience of transitioning into motherhood so these questions are kind of like some specific questions about the ADHD some specific questions about like how do you get back on track right now in this season and then be some questions around transitioning into motherhood and so when I the thing I want to give Polly potential permission to do is right now your needs right now in this moment are actually the most important needs because if you're not okay and if your needs aren't being met because extra stress and hardship has been put on your shoulders right now because you're growing a human and you've had your ADHD medication is no longer available to you in this season we can panic so much like look at all the things that aren't okay and I need to get everything back on track but your business your your business has your business your business can hold you through this even if you make less money for a little bit even if growth dips a little bit like 
this is the big thing I've had to learn during challenging seasons. Like sometimes I have to let the business hold me through the humanness that I need to make space for. And I don't think we normalize enough that. Am I making any sense, Sarah? You're making complete sense. Like I think you can look at my business if you followed me for a while, Polly, as an example of this, because, you know, I kind of ghosted the internet accidentally <laughs> for quite a while. Like not even just like, I'm not talking like a month, I'm talking about like, a few years kind of really and yet I just had a massive sellout launch for for sex soiree and it's always surprising to my brain at least just how much our business can still hold just how much the work we've previously done carries on and I'm sure your brain is already telling you a story about oh that's true for you but it's not true for me because blah 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 but your work is out there right you have customers who've already bought your work who love it who are happy you'll be on Pinterest you'll be on blogs you'll be on search results those things are evergreen and they're still sending people your way and sometimes when we're on the treadmill of like Instagram and everything else it can feel like that's the thing that's keeping us afloat and it's a bit like a trust exercise you know like a trust fall where you just have to let go and you're like oh wait I actually didn't hit the ground flat on my face and it kind of sounds like life is asking you to give it a bit of a trust fall right now and you're like desperately saying no I can't let go I can't lean back it's not safe so maybe exploring like the ways that it is safe and you mentioned you have your husband um, and an income there so there's definitely financial safety but that's not the only type of safety especially when like our expressions tied up in our business maybe our self-esteem is tied up in there and our sort of independence and all of those things so exploring how you can be safe with all of those things, regardless of what's happening in your business, I think can be really powerful. And also thinking like this idea, I think I've got to get back. I spent a lot of time in that headspace. I've got to get back to where I was, except why would we ever want to go backwards, right? Surely, and I know that that's just mindset, but do you want to go forwards to this new iteration of your business that you can't even see yet? Or do you want to go back to this time that actually sounds like it's never been totally what you want it to be? It's never really from what your letter says now and the story you're telling now it's never really been everything you wanted it to be in terms of like connection and marketing and showing up and and feeling like you were able to express yourself creatively through your marketing as well as through your work so rather than trying to get back to something that was a poor fit what about like opening up to this idea of like I'm going to discover this new version of me that has a child that has ADHD that gets to be medicated and that gets to make her business then you know 2.0 new and improved and then what does that get to look like because you know what you don't want to do now you've learned all of those lessons and that is the perfect place to come at this question from now of like okay so what do I want to bring into this now that I've got the chance to kind of press reset I could not agree with you more yeah that was what was in my mind but you <laughs> put it into words so much better than I ever could because anyone who's listened to this long enough knows I'm a very scattered express no person. no <laughs> but that I agree because I mean I I'm sure I've shared this in recent episodes of this podcast like I hit a massive in some ways like energetic rock bottom when I came back to work after having my son the business that I could make work pre-motherhood was no longer the business I could make work on the other side but what it was was this beautiful breakthrough for everything that would come next would be you know building my flagship group program and like evolving my business model and creating so much more spaciousness than I ever even thought like before I had my son I thought I had a spacious business and then I had a kid and my health got 10 times worse and the spaciousness I've fought to create for myself over the past few years since having my son is so much more than I ever allowed myself to want before I had the needs that I had in this season and honestly I see this for clients so often like when you're feeling stuck in your business and you just you're looking at what exists and it's just like I just want to burn this down I just want out how am I supposed to do this the bravest most beautiful question you can ask yourself is exactly what Sarah said there it's like well what do you really want what do and I'm going to put in the show notes my deep dive kit so my deep dive kit walks you through kind of my process for building a simple and spacious business but part one is all about clarifying what your business vision is and Polly I would really encourage you to work through the exercises of clarifying like well, what do I actually want my business to look and feel like? How do I want to spend my days? What kind of work do I want to be doing? How much money do I want? Like, let yourself actually figure out what the business is you want so that the business you've got doesn't dictate where you're going next. You decide where you're steering the ship. You set the path in motion. Are we saying you're going to click your fingers and that's going to be what you have tomorrow? No, because it takes intentional time to pivot and evolve. But 
there's nothing more impact. I've seen this with clients when we, you know, they come to me and they're, you know, maybe their business is thriving on the outside, but they're really unfulfilled on the inside or it's kind of thriving, but they can't keep pushing it because they're so burned out. One of the most first impactful things we have to do together is let them get to the heart of what the business vision is that they truly feel connected to and inspired by. Because once you, this is what got me through the burnout and the exhaustion of when I came back to work after having my son, when I felt how the hell am I supposed, I used to have like 10 to 15 client calls a week. And I think even for someone who's not chronically ill and sleep deprived, that's too much. And now let me just give you the contrast. I used to have 10 to 15 client calls every single week. Now I have two to three client calls for four weeks in a row and then two months of zero calls in my schedule. Like that's how much I've pivoted my business without losing any income because I've evolved my business model, my offerings. If you have a business vision and it's not just having the vision, it's then also mapping out what would it look like to actually make this my reality and the deep dive kit will hold your hand through this. If you can be like, this is what I truly want and this is what it'll look like to make it my reality, even if that's going to take time, even if that's going to take work and courage, once you have that to anchor to, that there's peace in that because you can start to visualize what it looks like and you can start to have that to root onto and to hold onto because Polly, I think what you really need right now is to know what you want this business to actually look like for you in this next chapter and in this next season. And I think a big part of that is how does it honor the fact that you're a human being who lives with ADHD and how does it honor how you want and need to work best? And some of those answers might still be coming to you as you live with your diagnosis and, and discover how that looks for you and what works best for you. But what I want for everyone, literally the reason I get out of bed and do my work every day is I'm so passionate about like, let's stop just like thinking that we're so lucky just to have a business that makes money, even if it burns us out. Like let's actually build and run businesses that work best for us as human beings, because life is hard. Like me and Sarah, I was born, the bottom of my brain pushes into my spine and wrecks absolute havoc in my body. I did not choose for this condition. It makes my life incredibly hard. Sarah and I have both had like childhood trauma that we live through every single, like life is hard in ways we never chose for it to be hard for us. But so therefore I'm going to fight for as much joy and as much ease and as much autonomy as I can have for myself because I'm not going to be here for a very long time. Life is short. <laughs> like, And this is what I think sometimes we just feel so lucky to just make a living that we don't realize that we also get to fight for the kind of life we want to live alongside. I feel like I've just been on my soapbox. Forgive me. I completely agree though. Like capitalism has us all gaslit to think that we're fortunate to perform labor for hours every day. We're meant to say thank you for it. Like if you're lucky enough to have your own business, awesome, but then don't swap it. Don't swap one job you hate for another job that you grow to hate. And I just completely agree with everything you've said, Jen. And kind of my brain is obviously pulling to the content side of it because I have so much fun over there and thinking like, what if you drop all of these rules about how you should market your business and just where do you want to show up? How do you want to show up? What do you want to share online? You're an artist. And whenever I speak to artists about this, there's something in you that wants to be expressed. That's what brings you to the work in the first place. And usually that can have a home online as well. Like you can turn those same skills, that same self-expression to writing or to photography or to like curating images on amazing Tumblr posts or whatever it is. What if you could just create that for a while and give yourself freedom to just do that and enjoy it and see where it goes without expecting anything from it? I know you spoke, Polly, about feeling like maybe you're just not posting the right things or like people just don't find you or like maybe you're crap at marketing. And when we're coming from that place of just like, oh, it's so effortful and it's not fun, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy because it feels effortful and not fun to the recipients as well, right? Like as a viewer, we kind of, somehow we can smell that through the screen. And when someone shows up and they're there because they really want to be, it doesn't matter if they're talking about like their pregnancy or their ADHD or like their new car tires or like going vegan or whatever the thing is that's lighting you up right now. That's contagious, that's infectious, that's connecting and if I connect with you on one level, when your art is available, when your ceramics are available, it's a much higher chance that I'm also gonna connect with those and want a piece of that in my life. So it can really genuinely work as a marketing strategy, but don't look for it to be one straight away. Like what if it could just be a creative project? And I guess my example of this, my original example of this was 
the story I just told you about being on maternity leave and taking these pictures and sharing on Instagram and starting my business from there because I was just sharing for the fun of it. I had no expectations. I had no real belief that it would ever turn into a job because even back then the word influencer hadn't been invented like it just it wasn't around so what if you can carve out a niche right now through your creative expression that's going to turn into the marketing for your business down the line in a way you can't see and the only way you can do that is by having trust that you can follow your creative instincts and see where they go and that's the right thing to do yeah and I think there's you know this is a really random example that's come to mind for me like I think there's so much magic in going deeper not wider in our marketing I think especially for artists like there is no longevity in the content hustle in like the people who were just posting like and this is not if you're listening to this and, you, and currently your experiment is posting reels and like that this isn't a criticism of you because for some I've worked I work with clients who that's creating beautiful magic in their yeah. business because they're creating it from a joyful place but if that's not what feels good to you and you feel well I just can't exist in this industry Sarah you know Elizabeth Suzanne the clothing brand right yes yes oh I've I saw their email this week so I think I know what you're going to say. Okay, so Elizabeth Suzanne is one of my like favorite clothing brands. I have some Elizabeth Suzanne pieces that are the only pieces I've kept in my wardrobe since having my son. I have to squeeze myself into them a little bit, but I love them so much that I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to keep you. Better. Elizabeth Suzanne is, I guess you would call them like small batch, ethical, hand. And it's like beautiful, classic, very linen pieces. And they're and very, I feel like they're very non-male gaze. They're not about like trying yeah, to make completely. yourself look attractive. They do look attractive, but they're not about like, you know, oh, I have to show off my waist or whatever. I call them my my potato sack clothes and I mean that with love. <laughs> like I dress like a potato sack in them and I love it. And so Elizabeth Suzanne years ago, and I'm going to butcher this because I don't know the story full, but Elizabeth Suzanne years ago, let's say five years ago, had built to the plate. Uh, they're very popular, the brand. Elizabeth Suzanne is the founder of the brand. And they, everything. They were they very were, Instagram popular as well, actually, which is interesting. Very Instagram popular. And the business had built to a place where like, there was constant like production everything was made in order the business had built like there was a big team and there was lots of products and shipping big internet presence then Elizabeth Suzanne kind of disappeared stopped having things to sell internet presence kind of went away like now and again she would drop different collections but just kind of disappeared there's not and then it's come back and she drops different collections and then this week she's shared that like the the signature pieces of like the five things that always sold really well at the five core pieces she's brought back it's made to order this is what the shop sells now and like for me like my actually my favorite pair of trousers I've ever owned that actually ripped a few months ago and I tried fitting myself back into mm-hmm. them <laughs> I'm gonna treat myself to a new version of them that she's got available and my example here is like Elizabeth Suzanne has not been doing much to keep my attention for a few years but anytime she shows up I'm paying attention because not only do I love the brand like it's my aesthetic of clothing I like but also I feel connected to her and her artistry because when she shows up and she shares it's not for performance it's 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 welcoming us into her process into her decisions and you know she's very intentional with the ethics behind clothing production and not having fast fashion and stuff like that and she's what came to mind for me because I think in this day and age we think that it has to be like tons of content and we need to make people like it's flashy 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 and get their attention but build I think for artists going deeper not wider is often where the magic happens because your the magic of your work I imagine Polly can't just be summed up in a in a quick reel it's deeper than that it's your it's your story it's your perspective it's your artistry it's your process it's your craft it's your aesthetic it's the whole damn thing and Elizabeth Sudan could disappear for five years and I'd pay attention to her whenever she came back and I always think to myself I want to be that I want my brand to be like that and I think Sarah you're an example of that you disappeared pretty much yeah and you came back and the Substack soiree sold out it was amazing like that launch went amazing and also there was no hustle in that launch whatsoever like no. easeful beautiful launch and I know people listen to this thinking like well that's okay for Sarah Sarah's got a large audience but I think it's a con it's conceptually it's you can play the content hustle and you can think that the job is to constantly be available to people and and just like hustle our way to attention or you can be the Sarah and Elizabeth Suzanne's of the world and you can let yourself go deeper not wider and know that your worth is more in just your output of content but more in the depth of the content does that make sense it makes total sense and it's definitely my experience like 
I'd say like every week I get an email from someone that's like, I've had your book on my shelf for years and this is my first time ever like reaching out to you or like you never know where the seed you planted, like where it ended up and how long it might take to grow. And like I've heard it described as like the Adele effect, which I guess is the same Mm. thing, right? Like Adele can just disappear for months and everyone may even kind of forget she exists. But if she drops a new album, everyone who loved Adele before is going to buy the new Adele album because she's Adele. (laughs) There's no one else like her. And in order to have that status, like you say, it's not really about audience size. It's about being so uniquely yourself that no one else can take their place in your place in their life, in their mind, in, in their heart. And that doesn't mean that you have to put your whole self online. It doesn't mean you have to, you know, mind your trauma or anything like that. You can literally just show up and be like, hey, I really liked this clay I used today. Like, look at the way it sticks in my fingernails or whatever, because it's your unique take on the world. And in the Substack Soiree, I've kind of like made a, a graphic for this. I call it like the filter of you. So you pour the world in and it's like a coffee filter and you're the filter And so what makes the coffee that comes through it totally unique and your flavor is what you let through and what you keep out. And everyone's filter is completely individual, but we we all try and kind of push extra bits through because we think it's going to make people like us more or have more generic appeal. Um, And actually it's the opposite. It's usually true. Like the more specifically you, you can be, the more appealing you'll be to your right people. And you know what? I was I love that metaphor. That's beautiful. And it's interesting thinking about like you and Elizabeth Susan and Adele as example. I love being in the same category as Adele and Elizabeth. <laughs> this, I, I'm very comfortable here. Carry on. <laughs> Is I think a big part of what the stepping back happens usually because of burnout or exhaustion or personal circumstance. That means you can't keep pouring from an empty cup. And you have to take, you had to take care of Sarah. Adele had to take care of Adele. Elizabeth Susan had to take care of Elizabeth Suzanne to be able to come back with something meaningful and beautiful and thriving. And I, you know, from yeah, it wasn't really trip- a choice. I don't think it in, in certainly in my case, it wasn't really a choice. It was a, a push rather than a, a leap. Exactly. And if, and Polly says like, you're running out of stamina. I think the worst thing you can do right now, Polly is push yourself through. If you try and force anything here that goes against your human needs, you're going to burn yourself out and starve the magic of really coming through and you know I think we don't talk enough about how sometimes you have to take a step back to take the right step forward sometimes that means less marketing in that season sometimes that even means making less money in that season like and I just want to like Sarah tell me if I'm right, like I've had years where I've had my best year and then afterwards I've maybe earned 20k less that year for a reason yeah. and the next year it goes up again like it's not linear like sometimes I very intentionally taken like a 20k pay cut for a year because I needed to make my business a bit easier and then I've gone back up to where I was again and it's just normalizing if you're not okay the actual question isn't what does my business need like it's always like it's like a traffic light system it's like are you okay if you're not your own mask on first kind of thing exactly and then whenever I've been in seasons where it's like okay I'm really not okay and I need to take care of myself but obviously I can't just abandon the business there's two questions I ask myself first question is I'm like okay what am I actually committed to already and what needs to get done Mm -hmm. so in terms of like what clients have I already got on the books what projects have I already got on the books and then number two I get really clear on what's my baseline number what do I have to make in this season for everything to be okay and that's usually for me a good 20 to 30k less than you know the top end of what I like to earn I usually have some wiggle room and so I'm like okay well if I need this to be easy for me and so what's the least I can earn I don't want to I'm not going to I'm not going to earn any more than that unless it's easeful for me to earn more than that in this season is usually how I do it in those harder seasons I'm not going to push harder to earn more than that against my needs get clear on okay this is how this is the work I'm committed to this is the work I have to do to at least survive financially and get through financially so I'm clear on my baseline then I get clear on what do I actually need and how do I carve out the space and time I need for that give myself permission to not chase unnecessary growth because whenever I've had a season like that when I'm like I'm at the bottom of the barrel I'm out of stamina so let's make this easy on myself and take a step back I always come out of that season with the next beautiful next step forward yes so so true and actually it takes an awful lot of self-belief and courage to really get yourself there to be able to Mm. go okay like I'm gonna leave money on the table I'm gonna say no to some maybe like 
to some projects. I'm going to trust that I can show up less on social media and still get back to where I am now. Like that, all of that takes a lot of faith in yourself. And if you're finding it hard to do it, normally I find with clients when we're struggling to do that, it's it's more about that. It's more because we believe it's possible for everyone else, but we struggle to see how it's possible for us. And so if that's what's coming up for you, Polly, when you think about doing that, I would really look at like, how are you measuring your success and how are you deciding what you need to do in your business and how you need to show up? Because if you're running from fear a lot of the time, if it's like, well, I have to go on Instagram and I have to do this because of fear, that's also going to be contributing to your burnout right now, as well as stopping you from making the changes you need to make next in the future. Yeah. I mean, you say in your question, I'm just desperately needing some ease from the grind. You have to choose to be brave enough to give yourself that. Even if it goes, yeah. Even if it goes against all of the growth advice you're seeing around you, you're going to have to choose to give yourself that. And you're going to have to get clear on practically how you give yourself that. And then also emotionally, how you give yourself permission. And like I say, it really, it, Sarah's so right, it comes down to self-trust and self-belief of knowing A, you're worthy of it, and B, that your business can hold you through it. And I just think we have to normalize the non-linear path of business, how it's ups and downs and peaks and troughs. And and it's not, not every year yeah. has to be your best year yet. And it's okay to take a, the right step back, to take the necessary step forward. And I think the worst thing you could do right now, Polly, is stay on a path that you know is not working for you. I think there's some work to be done here around clarifying what do I actually want moving forward? How do I want to actually experience my business? How do I want to shape my business to honor the fact that I'm neurodivergent? How do I want it to honor the fact that there's a child coming into the world in my family? And like, I need to like, I think you need to give yourself permission to pause the fight or flight response. Yeah. Of how do I just make today function? And think what do I actually want to be true in the long run and what does it look like to facilitate that and what does it look like to meet my current needs and I think this might be I guess one of the questions Sarah that Polly asked is about ADHD and like I guess I'd feel like we'd be completely failing this question if I didn't put it over to you like are there any resources or tools or just lessons learned that you would like to share with Polly I know it's different but for everyone with ADHD but is there anything from your own experience that you would want to share for Polly or anyone else listening yeah so there's a doctor called William Dodson MD and he has done quite a lot of interviews articles and especially podcasts I find the way he articulates living with ADHD and a lot of his advice and how he talks about how it affects women is really for me it, it was really illuminating and accessible and helpful and there's also a podcast called I Have ADHD, which is by a coach that's certified with the same coaching school that I did. And so it's very kind of mindset based, but looking at how we can apply that to ADHD and with lots of compassion and forgiveness. And I, I find the way she presents that's really good as well. So that might be worth looking at. And there's an, a book that I am blanking on the name, but it's written by two women and it's kind of a workbook for ADHD. You might find it Ask ChatGPT about that. A very well-reviewed ADHD workbook that was written by two women and see if it can find it. And if not, I will check my bookshelves and see if I can put it in the show notes. And that, again, if you can get yourself to sit down and actually attend to it, was a really helpful exercise for me in lots of ways. But I think ultimately it's like self-compassion. Self-compassion is the answer for pregnancy, it's for parenting, it's for business, it's for ADHD, it's for everything, right? Like you can't hate yourself better. You've got to love yourself better. And um for anyone listening who needs permission to take what they need right now, whether that's a break, whether that's medication, whether that's a change in their business or their life, like Jen and I are giving it to you. You're allowed. You're allowed to choose what's going to work for you in this next season. You don't have to keep doing the thing that's hard just because it's hard and just because you think it's the right thing to do. There's always new ways and new options. So you're allowed to give yourself breathing space while you find them. I also just want to let you know, like, you know, Polly ends her question with like she says I was already struggling with so much self-doubt in my identity as an artist I'm a bit frightened right now to be honest I just want to normalize that Sarah and I you know decade into our business we've had you know with the breadwinners for our family we've had a lot of on paper success we still have moments where we doubt ourselves as as you know within our craft where we doubt our ability to steer the shit where we feel overwhelmed where we've got circumstances that feel hard to juggle like literally like we have to hold ourselves through it we have to hold each other through it this journey is so much harder than we talk about and what I really want to say to you Polly is 
the most important question you have to ask yourself is what do I need because if you abandon your own needs and all of this nothing's gonna work and and life's too I'm life just too dumb life is too hard anyway for it to be any harder than it has to be is my rule for life like I just so agree and also like parenting is very easy to get sucked into that complete self-sacrifice as a parent so actually this is the perfect time for her to be practicing this and getting your head around it Polly like how do you I hate that it's such a cliche but put your own oxygen mask on first you know can't pour for an empty jug etc how do you start allowing yourself to have needs and, and to meet those needs without guilt and once you can do that you're going to be able to take such good care of yourself but also your child and your business yeah it's you know so much of this is what does my business need now just to get through this season and coast if it needs to be that what do you need to like put that like ask yourself like what are all my needs right now that I'm afraid to put on the table and yeah including sleep yeah honestly let me give an example from my own life so me and my husband were really lucky that my mum comes over two days a week and helps take care of August while we work but until recently we had never had like a day away from August or like any like we're always around like the care is always in our house and like we were just feeling incredibly burnt out on like the daily grind of parenting and like the overstimulation of parenting and I never have wanted to ask more from my mom because she already comes over and helps us out so much and then we had this conversation and she was like Jen me and dad would love to have August at our house for the day and she's like I know it's a big next step because he's not been away from you for the whole day but Mm. she was like why don't we try it and so he went to their house for a weekend day and spent the whole day with them and for the first time in three years Alex and I had the day to ourselves (laughs) and we felt so human and I had so much more presence for my son afterwards and I just and now we try and do this once a week if my parents are up for it and you know I I could feel ashamed like oh I why should I need more help and I'm already so lucky for the help I've got and I shouldn't need a break from parenting it's not needing a break from my child it's needing a break from parenting I I have learned that they're two different things it's I need a break from the role for that you know it's not a break from him as a person I need I need the break from like being on and the overstimulation and asking for that need and accepting the support that was available to me has been the most healing thing these past few weeks while having that once a week because it's allowed me just to especially as I'm going through a challenging season with my health like just take care of myself and like go out for dates with my husband and spend time with friends about our toddler there also making a ton of noise and it's just it's you know what are the inconvenient needs that you're afraid to admit to yourself and I've had that in my business in the past like the year where I decided to earn 20k less that year because I needed to pivot my business and heal from adjusting to parenthood that was scary to actively choose to earn less money (laughs) and to actively choose to put like a limit on growth and you know what the year after that I made as much money as I like to make but in a way more spacious way like I had to take a step back to take a step forward sometimes we have to make decisions that seem like uncomfortable choices to make but it's what we need so be brave enough to acknowledge all of your inconvenient needs and all of your inconvenient desires because those are actually the root to what you need next I think yeah and as you're saying that I'm thinking about how sometimes that requires us to choose things we wouldn't choose so for me, it's it's sleep. It's, you know, my body needs, my brain needs so much more sleep than I want to need. And as you described that day, you know, child-free, immediately I thought, yeah, if I had that day, I probably would have to spend it sleeping. And the guilt that comes with that, mm. right? Because I could be out, I could be doing things, all the things we could be doing together as a couple. We haven't had that time for so long. It's so easy to go, okay, actually, I'm going to squash that need in favor of another need that I like more that I prefer, that sounds better. And so kind of just really actually taking the opinion out of it and going, what do I need? Okay, like I'm very fatigued right now. Well, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I've stopped taking a stimulant medication and I'm growing a human. Maybe it's all right that I'm fatigued. Maybe my body is, is right to tell me I'm fatigued and it's not a problem. It's just a neutral circumstance that I get to respond to. Yeah. Yeah, it's loving ourselves through those inconvenient needs. I I have very my health condition gives me lots of inconvenient needs, but if I fight oh them, my gosh, yeah. if I fight them, I'm done for. I, I can't function. So I have to honor and like honestly that first day that my parents took August, me and Alex sat on the sofa in silence together all day. Like we were just rested all day. Like that <laughs> day, we, it, it took us like a couple of times to, to be willing to tell our friends we had the day free to spend some time with them because we <laughs> to sit in silence. Too precious. Yeah, it was just, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. And I'm going to put the deep dive kit in the show notes if that can support you, Polly, in like, 
especially part one of the deep dive kit will help you think about like okay what's actually my business vision and what business model would facilitate this I also want to give you permission that you can't always force creativity and awesome marketing ideas if you're really depleted right now don't try and solve that problem trust that that problem will flow through the solution to that problem will start to flow through you once you are taking care of yourself that is the hardest lesson I've had to learn I've seen it with clients so many times where such a key piece of our work together is them taking care of themselves and letting themselves take care of themselves and creating the space they need to then for the creativity to flow through them when it's other growth to come next and yeah I I know we can never give like a full 100% like go and do this but I hope this has been encouraging i hope this normalizes for anyone else listening that sometimes things are hard and we have to make unsexy decisions in our business to keep going and to get through and that i don't know i'm just going to reiterate like life is hard enough so we have to fight for as much ease and as much joy as we can because so many things are hard outside of our control and we all have to hold on to as much joy and as much ease as we can do because life's crazy yes and your brain can always create new solutions. It's never, ever going to run out of them. Sometimes it might not be willing to offer them to you until you take mm. better care of it, but they're always there. So there is nothing that you can do to your business. There's nothing that you can do to your life that you can't find a new route out of. And once you really trust that, everything gets so much easier. That is one of my favorite things about our friendship, that you remind me of that like you have such access to that belief and I can anchor to that within you Sarah and like it's that reminder of there's never an end of a road ever I you could have a business that quote-unquote fails and has to be shut down and still take everything you've learned from that business and pour it into the next thing that you do um like there is no end of the road with this like you can you can have a big dip and then come back stronger like but if we're not okay and if we're and and Polly like you've got so much on your plate right now you need tending to and taking care of and nourishing your brain can't even solve the practical problems here right now in your business or the practical robots because I think you need tending to and care and nurturing completely agree completely oh <laughs> hang on Alexa stop <laughs> okay so playing a bit of Billie Eilish I think that's a sign (laughs) well I my husband said keep this to half an hour and we've done 54 minutes so I guess we stayed in time (laughs) we've done so well (laughs) he's got to turn this one around quickly so hopefully you've got this on Monday morning it's in your in your feeds we our plan is to try and do fortnightly as much as we can so do submit any questions that our next private episode will be going live very soon if you want to join us in our paid tier it's six pound fifty a month it's the lowest ticket thing we've ever offered in our business sarah and i just like talk for an hour about our business and what's been going on people seem to be really enjoying it so i and i love doing it with you and yeah we yeah i'm going to be sharing all the behind the scenes of how we launched a subsex soiree and how it went and numbers and things in the next one so if you want to join us for that exciting and i'll be sharing all the behind the scenes of gearing up for my next launch and trying not to you know freak out so you'll have <laughs> two sides of the launch story there but yeah we we're hit we are rooting for you all we'll be back hopefully in a couple of weeks and thank you for listening today lots of love everyone you got this bye bye you can join us at letters from a hopeful creative.com and on social media so on instagram i'm at me and Orla. And you'll find me at Jen Carrington underscore. We are going to be sharing new episodes. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show. Yeah, and we can't wait to connect with you soon. <laughs>